And we are live for the 159th episode of the Bronx Bomber Revival podcast presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. Tonight, two-man show, Andrew, G, and the Yankees have a new outfielder. G, let's talk about the acquisition of Oscar Martin. I'm totally kidding. Of course, everyone knows the reason we're here is the Yankees somehow brought home, I say home, like he's not from the Bronx, but the Yankees have brought in Juan Soto, one of the greatest bats in the league, to you know, form an insane one-two punch with Aaron Judge in the outfield and finally bring some juice back to a team that lacked any kind of personality in the past year. So, gee, Juan Soto's a New York Yankee. What's going on? You know, it's funny because the Yankees themselves posted that, like, on their Instagram and said, like, welcome home. And they did the official, like, Juan Soto post. So that's why you're not I dealing with <laughs> yeah, it. All right. Um, this is unbelievable. It's, and I think it happened in the last, you know, day or so from being like, hey, there's a lot of smoke to being like, it seems like the Yankees are like, though, it seems like the Yankees are the ones. And you heard endless stream of like, you know, oh, they're batting their eyelashes at each other. They're talking about this. They're talking about that for like from Passon and Morosi and Heyman and et cetera, et cetera. So like finally happened um, for what was it? Four players, right? Three pitchers and Kyle Higashioka, which was one of the catcher trades that we needed to happen for the 40 man. We'll talk about that four, on another four pitchers time. Plus Higgy. The, the full return is Michael King. Drew Thorpe, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Kyle Higashioka. Right. And so yeah, four so, pitchers, uh, three of which pitched in the, the majors for us last year. Um, and obviously one of the longest tenured Yankees um, in the system for like 15 years in Higgy. But we all kind of knew his, his time had come with four men, with four catchers on, I mean, on the 40 man roster. It's just like it, it was time to move on. Kyle Higashioka, he's like 34 years old. Like it's tip of the cap. Had a solid major league career for himself to this point. It's fine. Um, the Yankees get Juan Soto, and this is incredible, right? He is <laughs> talking about Gleyber Torres, right? He's just 25. Juan Soto is just 25. He's been in the league for like seven years. He's won a World Series. He's a three-time All-Star. He's an unbelievable left-handed bat, and this is the type of shit that Yankees fans have been starved for. Um, for however many years, right? We talk every single every single year, year after year. It's like, oh, if George Steinbrenner is still alive, we're not going to get into that. The Yankees went out and got themselves the best bat that was available, and they pair it now with Aaron Judge, and you know, to a uh, to an extent, Giancarlo Stanton, but. Um, That's the thing with the Yankees is it's not even worth spin zoning a healthy year of John Carlos Dent. What can you get at that? Uh, if Anthony Rizzo gets back to where he needs to be, if DJ who recaptures his MVP top three MVP finish form, like those those days are are, are gone. We we have to accept that. John Carlos Dent, Brian Cashman, we talked about in our last podcast, was on record saying that he's going to get hurt. He's going to miss time. Like that that is who he is. Was it a dick comment for the general manager that didn't say that? <laughs> oh, of course. But was he right? Yeah, he was. No, he was, um, yeah. Like, I would say... Anthony Rizzo off concussion is a problem. Glaber Torres, is he primed for regression? I hope not. Um, DJ LeMahieu kind of is what he is at this point in his career. So, yeah, it's one hell of a so, one-two punch with Judge and Soto, but the Yankees still need more. 
I'll say this. I'll say this. As what I I like to believe, I'm a fairly optimistic person. Like, you can say, you know, Anthony Rizzo got off to an incredible start. He's been 300-something, and then he got hit in the head and a concussion, and that was that, right? He wasn't the same. Like, John Carlos Stanton can still hit the ball 121 miles per hour off the bat. He's likely going to get hurt. Should Cashman have said it? No. But I would like to believe... And I kind of thought this here and there over the last however long, couple of years. I was like, it's conventional analytics to be like, bat your best player second because they'll get as many at-bats as possible. Like, I would love to see Giancarlo Stanton bat before one of Judge or Soto because the man, you can't bat Gleyber Torres or whoever, right, Aaron Hicks or whoever behind him and be like, oh, they're going to throw him a slider in the left-handed batter's box all game. Like, you have Juan Soto, didn't get off to a great start, and still put up, you know... 158 OPS plus. Yeah, like year. 35. All of, his, all of his numbers were in line with his career. Yeah, averages. right. He didn't get Played in 162 start. games, which no one on the team <laughs> could say. 110 RBIs, 35 home runs, like... Judge hit 38 home runs in 100 games, right? It's crazy. So, like, again, not making this a John Stanton podcast, but I would love for the Yankees to do something like that because, you know, otherwise they're they're going to throw them sliders in the left-handed batter's box all game, and that's the way it's going to be. But um, we were just talking a minute pre-show. This is a this is unbelievable. This is electric, and this is to be celebrated. Um. They got Trent Gresham as a gold glove to his name as well. Um, and and but, arguably the best defensive outfielder in Major League Baseball. In terms of outs above average since 2020, <laughs> he is at the top of that list, ahead of a guy even like like Bader, who we traded for to be that role a couple of years ago. Trent Gresham, um, Gresham is, is far and away, um, by the metrics, the best defensive outfielder. Now, can't hit a lick, but yeah. So no, um, that is no, no value in the trade, but... Yeah, and so Brian Cashman had talked about getting multiple left-handed outfielders, and he did. He got he three, got three now. this week. <laughs> he got Soto, he got Verdugo, which, whatever, maybe we could talk about that for two minutes at the end of the show. I don't really care. I think I was okay with the Verdugo trade as long as it wasn't the only – player that they acquired to be like, oh, our big whatever of the offseason. We went out and got a left-handed hitter who was an above-average yeah, right. hitter, like, barely. Um, <laughs> Great. I, they yeah. they so, obviously hit the home run with, with Soto today. We, the one offseason that everyone compares in recent memory to, which we will now do, is 2009. They went and got Nick Swisher, they got Teixeira, they got CeCe Sabathia, they got Edgy Burnett, they got basically everyone on the, on the market. And so the Yankees have been linked to all these dudes. They've been linked to Soto, which they now have. They have been linked to Yamamoto. They're linked to Cody Bellinger, which now... That Thankfully, quite- that's... that's yeah, yeah, right? That's, <laughs> that, that's not There's happening now. 150, 180, 250, however many millions of dollars Cody Bellinger wants. Go get it. God bless you. They're not going to get him because <laughs> they just acquired three different left-handed hitting outfielders. That's great. Um this has to be the beginning. The Yankees were an 81-win team last year. Painfully mediocre to watch, upsetting and all that stuff. Um, you have your one-two punch. You have your 
ace. You have Garrett Cole. So prioritizing, right? What would you prioritize next? Of all the free agents left on the market, who, who are you going to get? It's, it's the number one free agent available. It's Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Uh, the Yankees thought they were getting a lethal one-two punch in Carlos Rodon and Garrett Cole when they signed Rodon last year to, what was it, a $162 million deal, and the entire year was a throwaway. He was injured, came back, he was terrible. He was giving the business to the fans who were booing him for pitching below his standards. Like, again, could he rebound and be that guy next year? Maybe. And that would be awesome if you add in Yamamoto and you have a three-headed monster. Take the pressure off from a little bit, certainly. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, Yamamoto is the biggest need right now. The Yankees have to fortify that rotation, especially while trading away King, who I think they had um, to an extent penciled in as a number five starter. Yeah. Yeah. Or Thorpe was going to come up. Um, Vasquez looked good in a couple spot starts last year. Brito had his moments. He looked better in the bullpen in a long relief role than he did as a a starter. But yeah, they Yankees lost three pitchers. Including Greg Weissert in, in the Verdugo trade. They had like four guys poached in the Rule 5 draft. So their pitching depth took a huge hit today. Uh, yeah, the way you replenish that is you go get the best available arm on the market. Yeah, and I would say that I think maybe some of us were surprised at the time of the 40 or the, um, you know, the non tender deadline that maybe there was a few more folks that they would have gotten rid of <clears throat> or made like a trade, he- et cetera. Like, yeah, like, you know, we're like, oh, they have four different catchers on the 40 man, et cetera. Like, um, some of that stuff seems to have sorted itself out, right? They traded Weiser, they now traded King and Brito. And, and so, like, if the Yankees want to go hunting, right? They're bringing back Gresham, they're bringing back, um, Verdugo, and they're bringing back, obviously, Juan Soto. Like, go get Yamamoto. Don't know what kind of trade, or what, I'm sorry, what kind of contract and the posting fee and all that stuff, but like, the Yankees have a lot of needs, right? Cashman said it himself yesterday, right? That, like, they were basically, he was like, we're bad. You can't really have that many untouchables when you're that when you're not that good of a team. Tip of the cap, because he's, if nothing, if not brutally honest. Um, but, yeah, Yamamoto, this, if you're going to be like, oh, 2009 offseason, if that's what you're going to compare to, you got to go get Yamamoto. And that would take some pressure off Rodon, right? Because he was really bad. And you bring in another high-profile kind of pitcher, exceptional, you know, young starter, 25 years old from Japan. Like, people compare him to Tanaka and, you know, other great pitchers that have come over from there. But, like, if you're going to... He he most closely resembles Tanaka in terms of his fastball being his least effective pitch. And I was watching something on MLB Network today. They're talking about, uh, like, for whatever reason, when he throws a fastball, his shoulders are back very square, like parallel to the ground. And it's almost like a, a tell, uh, whereas someone like Garrett Cole, his, his back shoulders dipped a little bit, almost looks like it's going to be an off-speed pitch, and then he kind of ratchets back up. I, again, I don't know if that's by design, uh, trying to deceive the hitter, or if that's just his natural motion. But Tanaka did the exact same thing that Yamamoto did when he was throwing fastballs. So, Maybe it's yeah. just the way they teach them to throw over there. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It does resemble the like the 
I don't want to say generational because like Juan Soto was a generational player, but the generational type pitcher coming over from Japan, right? Like you had Daisuke, then you had Tanaka, and now you have Yamamoto. Daisuke. Um, now there's been guys in between, right? Like you say Kikuchi were, were talked about really well and have just been pretty middling in, in the bigs. There, there's a ton of those guys. Uh, say Suzuki when he came over, uh, with the Cubs was just being really good. He's, he's decent, but he's not like exceptional by any means. Um, so, so players coming over from both Korea. And Japan are hit and miss. Uh, I, I think Yamamoto is the kind of guy you have to just roll the dice and hope that it, it, and it turns I'll, out I, the way you expect. Yeah, so I'll say this, and then we can talk about Juan Soto some more because that's that's the man. Um, like the Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner said a bunch of times, right? Like, oh, I don't know if you need to necessarily commit to like, you know, having a three hundred million dollar payroll. The Yankees payroll this year was. What about, you know, 285 million or 209? Like it was damn close, right? He goes, Oh, the Rangers, the Rangers won the World Series. The Rangers, like the Rangers didn't spend half a billion dollars on two players and then go get Scherzer and, you know, DeGrom and et cetera. So like the Yankees payroll is high every single year. Like we've kind of said this, like the Yankees spend 300 or 290 million dollars or spending money on like bad players like Josh Donaldson and, you know, whoever else. Like, the Yankees' financial advantage is the ticket, right? It's like, you're the Yankees. You have fuck you money. Now spend it. Like It's, it's so funny because I saw that 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 phrase, the Yankees are finally spending F you money, like verbatim <clears throat> on Twitter like half a dozen times today. And yeah, I, I, I'm kind of desensitized to that because I haven't been – operating like that George Steinbrenner level Yankees in recent years. Now, again, they gave monster contracts to Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, right? They still have the the wherewithal to overpay the rest of the market, sure. But they haven't been going out and just getting every, like a, a top star, they have a, they have a need. They were, like, Corey Seager would have been a Yankee. Uh, J.D. Martinez would have been a Yankee. Like, anyone, right? Like who, just picking random guys. Yeah, um, so this is And, and this they've is been strategic with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've talked about like you know, to a fault, Bryce Harper and Machado and and you know, et right? They so just like, sat, out, sat out on all those guys. They didn't trade for for Matt Olson and extend him like the Braves did. They didn't make an effort for Freddie Freeman and gave Carlos Rodon basically the same contract. Yeah, again, we we don't need to belabor that like, point. Yankees anymore. don't ever cry poor for the owner of a sports team. The Yankees can afford this, like. And we can talk in a second about what Juan Soto might command for a contract because it's going to be a lot. Yankees can and should and hopefully will spend it, but it's going to be a lot. And that's totally fine. For the next one season, and we've talked about this a lot in the group chat, like they were an 81-win team or uh, whatever, 82 wins. Yeah, so like what? Like does Juan Soto put them over the top, put them back in the conversation? No, I saw people no. talking. MLB Network, yes. Uh, on the hot stuff shows, everyone's like, oh, now they're immediately uh, favorites to win the AL East again. I'm like, they're, they're not. Now, they can still get there. They need to do more. But as of right now, are they favorites to win anything simply by adding one Soto? No. And I think and if I you think say, he's going to add 10 to 15 wins to the team, you're crazy. Yeah, if nothing else, because the rotation and the team in general. You subtracted yeah. from the pitching. And, yeah, you made a huge <clears throat> improvement in the offense. But Yeah, I mean, the offense was unbearably bad, which – I will not ignore that, but like the the team in general, the last like six weeks of the season was a bunch of kids, right? It was 
Well, let's see what we have. But you now traded a few players who maybe could have, should have, or would have factored into fourth or fifth starters. You lost Severino. He wasn't, you know, he's always getting hurt, whatever, but you still lost him. Cortez was hurt all of last year. Um, Rodon was hurt all of last year. Like Frankie Montas is in the conversation to come back. He was hurt all of last year. Montas. King was electric for the last five or six weeks of the season, but he's gone now. So, like, you know, it's taking from one and, and giving to the other. But, like, the Yankees' offense undis- undisputably, indisputably, will be better. And yeah. there's stuff to be addressed now in the rotation. But, like, I guess. Yeah. So, so let's talk about let's talk about Juan Soto, right? Like, that's, that's the, the whole point of this podcast, right? Coming off a season where he played, like I said, all 162 games for the Padres, uh, a team that, had a top three payroll in baseball and expected to compete for a championship. And just like the Yankees and just like the Mets, missed the playoffs entirely. In fact, they had the exact same record as the Yankees at 82 and 80. But Juan Soto, to your point, had, had a slow start to the season, ended 2023, hitting slash line 275, 410, 519, 35 home runs. And, and then you look at some of his percentile rankings, uh, courtesy of Baseball Savant, right? They have a new stat called batting run value, basically just it's just a raw offensive metric. He ranks in the 97th percentile. I'd say that's pretty good. Um, expected weighted on base average, 98th. He's love that. Expected batting average, 90th. Expected slugging, 95th. Exit velocity, 96th. Sweet spot percentage, interesting enough, is in the fifth percentile. So he's not even barreling up the ball or hitting it right in this. And he's still annihilating it. So the kid can fucking rake. Now, he's not the best outfielder, but I think part of that is he hasn't needed to be. And the Yankees, if they really want to get more out of him, like we saw Lourdes Gurriel turn into a really good outfielder. Like if, if with the, the proper instruction, he could do it. He's not exceptionally fast, but he's not unathletic either. I think he could be a decent outfielder. And they're probably going to move him to right field, honestly, uh, and have Judge play a good amount of center field, which I don't love, but uh, it's a yeah, placeholder until, until Dominguez yeah, comes back. Moving. And then you have... Grisham, who can spot late in games, uh, they can, you know, give everyone a day off here and there. Judge will go back to right. Grisham will play center. Maybe Soto goes. I don't know if they want Soto in left, but um, yes, Mauro was talking about him that he might be in right field with Verdugo in left. That's that's high level. What we'll, we'll get the plan? I guess. Yeah, I get, I mean, so obviously Jason Dominguez, and he hasn't been talked about, right? I feel like for a while, everyone was just like, oh, well, if they're going to get Soto, they have to give up Dominguez. They didn't, which is lovely. Um, and when he comes back, whatever, June, July, like, you know, there's been a lot of... At this point, down- at this point, just be conservative and have it be August, right? Yeah, no, there's been a lot of downplaying, and, and that's fine. Like, the Yankees fans had their little taste of it, and now we're all upset about it. Like, he'll be back. He'll be the center fielder. <clears throat> um. I mean, yeah, like, Soto's not a tremendously great outfielder. Judge is good enough that, like, when he plays center field, it doesn't, like... Judge is a gold-glove caliber outfielder, so he can easily come. Yeah, I would say... It's just not great on his body long-term. I would be pretty okay doing, like, a Brett Gardner type of thing and just being like, hey, Trent Gresham, you're a gold-glover. We'll bat you ninth and just play center field for the first two months of the season and then see what happens... Maybe well, back, you know, plan. yeah, I would say, you know, put Soto in, you talk, you know, last season, right? They're, oh, they have Hicks, they have, like, the Yankees ignored left field last season, and it was an embarrassment. So, like, put Soto in left. He's not great, but, like, 
is what he's going to give you offensively more than what he'll cost you defensively? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, and when and when Stanton <clears throat> inevitably gets hurt, you have the DH spot to rotate in Rizzo, Soto, Judge, whoever, right, to give guys days off. Um, so I, I think the Yankees, you, know, you mentioned it, we're running out a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of has-beens for most of 2023. Willie Calhoun's. Greg Allens, Billy McKinney, Jake Bauer. Jake you don't Bowers. have to see any of those guys anymore because the Yankees have a lot of depth in the outfield, right? Like on paper, your starting three is Judge, Soto, and Verdugo. Now, how you actually assemble that, it's another story. But now you, you know have God bless Dominguez yeah. coming back. You have Grisham. You have some actually established players. Well, Dominguez not so much, but I mean, we saw what he was capable of. Like you have established major league guys as their depth pieces, where if they have to play 30, 40 games, it's not going to murder you like playing Billy McKinney for 60, 70 games last year did. Uh, like Willie Calhoun, who doesn't have a position all over the field. What if you say, like, Jake Bowers is, like, a surprisingly good season when he bats, like, 210 and hits 20 home runs? I'm like, that's not – that's a fine season for, like, a team that has no expectations of winning. Like, And that's nothing to impugn Jake Bowers. It's just the truth. Like – we all enjoyed watching the Yankees play the young players. <clears throat> and we still have hope to be like, oh, Austin Wells will platoon with, you know, um, Jose Trevino or, you know, whatever. But, like, look at the Braves, dude. The Braves, the Rangers, right? You go out and you spend money on established stars. This is what we've been begging the Yankees to do, right? You know, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and the Braves went and traded for Matt Olson and they have Ronald Lacuna and, you know, et cetera. Like, this is what we've been begging Yankees to do, and they did it. There's more money to yeah, these so, this offseason. Like, they should – the Yankees have, you know, we compare the Yankees to the people in their division. The Rays don't spend $250 million on payroll every year. But they're smarter than everyone else. They're smart. They find players. They – have good pitching and like the Yankees advantage is that they have more money than you. Yeah. And they have more money now at this point than, you know, whatever, probably 25 of the 30. And, and remember we talked about it last year when it was very clear the team wasn't going to make the playoffs that we actually wanted them to lose as much as possible. And I, I get there's some nostalgia. There's some history to that 30 seasons above 500 streak. Now the all-time record is I think 39 seasons. The Yankees did that between like like the fifties through the eighties before they kind of dropped off the, the end of like the, you know, like the Winfield Mattingly years. I think that's kind of like where the, the streak was broken, but uh, we were talking like, I, I you know, if they're not going to the playoffs, like I want them to lose as much as possible. I want that stadium to be empty and I want the owners to feel the impact, like the financial impact of, Hey, you built a shit team. You don't have the revenue coming in from the fans anymore. The only way to remedy that is to make the team watchable again. You have to draw the fans back in, and this move certainly does that. But let's talk about the the giant elephant in the room, right? It's a one-year deal for for Juan Soto. As much as they gave up, you, you could stomach it because it's just pitching depth. And, like, I like Mike King. I like Randy Vasquez. You're not going to miss Kyle Higashioka. But the I'm fact not, that you're only getting one year of Juan Soto. I'm not about it. And right, right. I'm not losing sleep over who we gave up. But the problem is that the Yankees went all in on a guy – who by himself doesn't get them over the hump. Uh, I used the term 
in our chats earlier in the week that he's a finishing piece. And while that may that may be a little bit of, of an overstatement, right? Because you need him as a glue guy. Um, what I got like Otani, I guess would be a finishing piece, right? Like a team that made it to the World Series and just said, "Fuck it, we're gonna spend whatever it takes to be way better than everyone else the next year." Uh, Juan Soto by himself doesn't put the Yankees in the playoffs next year. Now him plus Yamamoto plus upgrades elsewhere very well might, right? A lot of things have to go in their favor that didn't go well last year, but then he's a free agent. Even if you get a good 2024 season, I don't think they're going to win the World Series, but could they compete for a playoff spot? Maybe. Uh, and then, you know, all that's rough if they get in. We saw the 84 win Diamondbacks run it through to the World Series before falling short. How do you retain him, right? To your point, he turned down a 14-year, $440, $450 million contract when he was 22 years old or something like that. So he's not going to need, he's not going to, he might yeah, ask for 14 I would say... years when he's, when, he's, when he's 26. But even if you go two or three years less than that in the same amount of money, which ups the AAV a, a ton, does that, uh, the Yankees aren't going to be able to retain him via extension in season. Scott Boris doesn't operate that way. Like there's I, I, as much no. as we want to believe that the Yankees will do whatever it takes to make the trade. They're not going to let him out of their, out of their grasps and free agency. So they're just going to send him like give him $500 million. Fine. Scott Boris knows that it's better to have 30 teams competing for your services instead of one. So yeah, it, it, so he's got to take him to free agency. Uh, yeah. I think this is important. This is awesome for the Yankees. They went up, they got the best bat on the market. His agent is Scott Boris. We've seen this with A-Rod twice, right? We've seen it with Scott Boris' clients. He's not signing an extension. I'd be utterly shocked just because that's the pattern, right? And if he does buck the trend, then, you know, that's fucking fantastic for the Yankees. He's not going to do it. He's going to free agency. And that might be like a, we're going to go out there, we're going to drum up the price, and then we're going to come back to the Yankees, and we're going to stick you for a little bit extra money, that's fine because that's how you play the game. He's not signing an extension before he gets that opportunity, and that's fine. But he's 25 now. He'll be 26 or 27 by the time he hits free agency. Um, every marquee free agent that hits the market wants to set the set the benchmark. Shohei Otani's 29. He'll be 30 at some point. He's going to set the benchmark, and we don't know what Juan Soto is going to ask for, but he'll be a 27, 26-year-old He just awesome, you know, like a couple months ago, so he'll be 26. Yeah, so like he'll be 26. He'll be a stud outfielder hitting for agency in the actual prime years of his career. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the hell he's going to ask for, but like Mike Trout hit for agency as – Pretty inarguably the best player. Well, he did. He signed an extension, but I, he I was all right. Yeah, so he signed a twelve years, four hundred and twenty-five million dollars as a twenty-six-year-old. So like comparable, Juan Soto is going to want more than that, and he turned down fourteen years and four hundred and forty million dollars from the Nationals as a twenty-three-year-old. So um, the Yankees—they're not going to get him at a discount, and they're not going to get him before he hits free agency, and that's just the facts, and that's okay because they did this shit with a Rod too. Not, you know, that he was one year away from free agency, but like they got him. He went to free agency. They got him back. This is the dance you well, do. He opted out and then they, they extended him like, for this is like, the, during the World Series, right? So yeah, not quite the this same is, thing. I know what you're saying. This is the dance you do with Scott Boris, but like Scott Boris reps the best clients. He reps the best players and the Yankees have been 
out of this market, right? They watched Bryce Harper and they watched Manny Machado and they watched Seager and they watched Simeon and Olsen get traded and X, Y, Z, et cetera. Like, the Yankees have been shopping at the dollar store, right? And now... And I get they had to cordon off some of their salary for Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. I get that. Never going to cry for, a, for an owner. Right. Never exactly. going to do that. Like, um, the Yankees needed to do this, right? Judge is 32 years old, and Garrett Cole is 31 or 32 years old. Like, these guys are awesome, awesome players. And now you get to pair Judge. You know, you knock on wood that he doesn't, you know, ram his toe into the wall of a whatever. Like, he hit 38 home runs in 100 games this year. Put him next to a guy that slow start or whatever, still hit 35 and 110 RBIs. Like, in, in a very difficult hitter's ballpark, no less. Big ballpark, yeah. Like I think they said, what, he hit 35 home runs this past year, and 12 of them were at Petco Park? And he wasn't so, a bad hitter yes. at home, but, like, you could tell the impact that that has. And also, I mean, whatever, I'll say the thing that everyone says, but basically any decent or better lefty hitter, it's like, oh, if you put him in Yankee Stadium, he'll hit way more home runs. Like, we say Bryce Harper would hit, like, 50 home runs in Yankee Stadium. Like, it's not hard to hit home runs as a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium. We know this. But, like, Yeah, the only Soto, exception to that is a guy like Alex Verdugo, who doesn't, for whatever reason, pull the ball that much. But he doesn't like every other. Doesn't. We saw we saw the Yankees trade for Ichiro Suzuki at the end of his career, and he just he turned on his power game because he saw the short porch. Like it, it's there. It, it doesn't. I don't care who you are as a hitter. It's gonna tempt you. Juan Soto should. Whatever. I'll you know what? Fuck it. I'll make a prediction. I don't give a shit. He should very very easily hit forty to forty five home runs next year. Assuming he plays, yeah, one hundred sixty games. Here. Um, he doesn't have to hit 160. He, you know, the Yankees don't believe in that. And that's the other thing. He played 162 games. The Yankees will play him like 135 to 140 games, probably. Like, don't put, that, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. It's true. And you know it. Yeah. Um, I'd be very fascinated, you know, with the last couple of years. And whatever, I guess we can segue to whatever we want to call the finals. We have to drum up the hype, right? This is what we have to do. So, like, the Yankees believe in hitting Judge second, right? It's like the conventional analytical, right? You hit your best player second. You get them the most at bats with someone on base in front of them, et cetera. So uh, if you were going to well, be like – Well, it, it makes sense. Are you, are you trying to do the lineup right now? Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, like yeah, one through four or five, what would you do? I don't give a shit about the six through nine. I don't I, I, well, but, you know Aaron Boone, and you know the Yankees finally have left-handed hitters, so they're going to go lefty-righty, 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 lefty-righty. So the way was, that works is is you, is you lead off Verdugo, you put Judge second, Soto third, Stanton fourth, Rizzo fifth, Torres sixth. Now, do I think that's the best one to six, one through six? Uh, well, probably not. But no, but I, I like that. That's because the direction like, they're gonna go because they. No, they but like I would that. like that, especially because, like I said earlier, I would really love for Stanton to get a little chance at actually having a good fucking hitter behind him in the lineup, like. Not to, again, not making. Well, he would have Rizzo game, behind but, him. I don't. That doesn't. Yeah. That's not really much different than he had Well, Rizzo time. before he got you know scrambled eggs for brains, but like. Um, <laughs> I guess while we're at it. Um, Judge did say that he thinks Stanton 
Bur- Aaron Boone, sorry, the other day on the Hot Stove Show did say that he thinks Stanton and Rizzo are both in pretty good spots physically um, heading into the offseason, which is, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Aaron Boone's not going to give away the game very much regardless. He doesn't say much. Um, but the Yankees... Like, you did it. You started the process here. You need to keep your foot on the gas pedal and not to be like, oh, they they did this. Now they need to give Corey Seager $180 million more million, but, like, <laughs> go get Yamamoto and, like, if you're going to go for it, then go for it. It's like, oh, why would we but spend... Take, I don't really million? know what else, they're, what, what else they do. Like, they're not going to completely blow up the bank and, and sign a guy like Matt they Chapman. Have- I think I think I think he's limited. I, he's an exceptional defender. Now he he's dropped off a touch since his hip injury. I think it was a couple of years ago. He's still very very good, right? Still Gold Glove caliber, but he was a Platinum Glove winner twice. Um, Kevin Kiermaier, we talked about on the show. Loris Gurriel, we talked about on the show. I think he's filled their outfield. Those guys are off the table now. Uh, they're not going to sign Blake Snell, especially if they get Yamamoto. Uh, and comparing Snell's length issues, right? He would only go five or so innings. He was striking out guys a bunch, throwing 100 pitches in five innings a bunch. Uh, the Yankees, if, if they get Yamamoto, the other logical endpoint is to load up on the bullpen. Now, I don't know who they're not going to go for a guy like Bader, a guy that Kimbrell just signed with the Orioles today. Trade Glaber Torres. Trading Glaber Torres is on the table. And, you know, there's that faction of our fan base that would melt down and absolutely – lose it but if you get some pitching value at one point are they going to give Oswald Peraza a chance and if they're not going to give him a chance then trade him like you can't hold on to everyone I get you need to have some depth on the roster you can't have a double a guy ready to come kind of like Brandon Lockridge or whoever just like ah, oh, yeah go up and play second base for the Yankees if someone gets hurt but you can't hold on to everyone and not play them either so guys like Cabrera guys like Peraza Guys like Floreal, who they they DFA and they brought him they back. They clearly don't. They believe can't it. all hang around. Like, yeah, I would say this if if I was going to wrap things up and wind things down, right? Like, Yankees are clearly a better team now than they were yesterday morning, right? Which is fine. They got an absolute stud of a hitter. There's more to do, and they. The pitching, I don't think this changes my opinion of the pitching very much. Like, obviously, you have a couple of young arms that you're short now that you can't really. But, like, you needed to go get pitching anyway. We we could talk about all – Michael King pitched to a one-whatever ERA for the last five weeks of the season. Like, it's really cool. But he's also 28 years old and spent the last three years as a relief pitcher. Like, you need – Coming off a, certain, a huge elbow injury. At a certain point, you need, you need to have established – people, right? Oswald Peraza, Austin Wells, you know, Everson Pereira, like, it's all fine and wonderful, but, like, they're young players, and we, you know, it said it at the beginning of the offseason, if they go into the lineup next year with five young players playing every day, then they're probably not super in a hurry to, you know, make a run at anything serious, like, yeah, so, so at least get... now on paper, uh, assuming health, the Yankees should open up 2024 if they make no further additions with a fully veteran-laden roster. Now, there are 
some some downfall. Yeah, field is clearly yeah, better I, I than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, of course. Again, what are you going to get out of DJ? What are you going to get out of Rizzo? How healthy is Stanton going to be? Is Glaber going to be able to keep the uptick he had? He had obviously an improvement in 2023 over 2021-22. Uh, actually, 2020 was disastrous for him as well. So he's gotten progressively better each of the last few years. But, like, is that his peak? Does he still have a higher ceiling? I hope it's the latter, but I don't know. So there's always going to be question marks, right? But at least you know you're not going to go in with Austin Wells starting, you know, 100 games. And if Austin Wells does beat out Trevino for the, the catch roll, that means one of two things. Someone got hurt or Trevino was, awesome was so, so embarrassing in spring training that Wells was able to steal the job from him. But like, Trevino won the Platinum Globe two years ago. Uh, if he's your worst hitter in your lineup and he's giving you elite defense and, and game calling behind the plate, you'll live with that. Like the Astros we talked about what they were able to do with Martin Maldonado for as many years as they were. Uh, yeah, the Yankees, like to your point, still have work to do, and I don't know what those moves are. But for the first time in at least a year or two, we don't have to look at our, our lineup and say, wow, I hate that guy. Wow, these guys aren't proven. This is a waste of a roster spot. That's, there's three automatic outs. Right? Like they, it, yeah, like I would there, say, there's some, again, there's some stability. To, I'll I'll say, like, we can objectively evaluate, but, like, you know, we're fans for, like, they got a stud. And the last time the Yankees went big game hunting and actually, like, landed the man was, I don't even fucking remember off the top of my head, right? Like, via trade or a free agency? Either one. Well, it'd probably be Cole. I, I don't really consider Judge because he was already on the team. But yeah, I mean, Cole so, like, before 2020. Yankees. Before Cole, it was a while. So, like, the Yankees went out. They got the man. This was the best bet on the market. They have a super awesome one-two punch now. And, you know, Brian Cashman, everyone can still be down on Brian Cashman. You should never let your foot off the gas pedal or let these people, you know, skate from accountability. So everyone should, you know, like – Brian Cashman's had a bunch of bad years in a row now, but, like, he went out, he got the best bat in the market at the very beginning of the offseason, and that's awesome. And now it's time to do more. And I'm not trying to watch some embarrassingly awful 82-win team next year because that shit was fucking awful. So, like... It was just so painful. It wasn't fun. Like, you didn't get excited to turn on the TV at night. And to be honest, like, if I'm going to be frank, I tracked a lot of games on my phone and didn't actually put it on the TV. I gave up going to tickets. Uh, I gave up, you know, tickets to going to games for my Friday night plan to like let other people go. Oh yeah, because it was I, just, I wasn't interested in committing a full night to this team. Like I was going to be, you know, aware of what was happening every night. You know, you'd read box scores, you'd watch highlights, you'd read storylines on Twitter and articles afterwards. But I, I didn't want to commit two and a half, three hours every night to a team that simply had no juice to them, and, and they didn't really seem like they cared either. Aaron Boone had, you know, that kumbaya shit he has. There was no urgency for them to win games. They even talked about it. Like, if, you know, if we had the urgency to win games in June and July, then when we went on that little mini hot streak to start September that brought us back within, what, five or six games of the wild card, maybe we'd be in the spot at that point. So, again, that, that's water under the bridge at this point, and, and we can get more into the offseason plan in our next episode. But uh, I'll kick it back. Is there, is there anything else that, that we haven't touched on tonight before we, we close out? Uh, no, I would say for my own, off the top of my head, be excited about Juan Soto because that guy is a fucking stud. 
him and Judge better hit combined like, you know, 75 to 80 home runs next year. And we deserve that because we supported this garbage-ass franchise for the last three years, and they've given us nothing, and they finally gave us something. So be excited about that. It does feel I, nice that the Yankees, uh, you know, for the last few off-seasons, we've kind of been cynical and all jaded and, oh, the Yankees aren't going to do anything. The I'm big sorry. movement, we're not done yet. And then they ended up doing that trade for, for Donaldson and IKF. And we're like really down to the next they tried to sell us on Donaldson and then tried to sell us on Donaldson. Okay. And I get they were probably talking other trades too that never came to fruition. But like for the last two years, the Yankees have been a laughing stock in the offseason. They've sold us a bill of goods that they were going to get better, that they were going to compete for championships. And then they just had a bunch of inaction. For them to strike while the iron's hot at the beginning of free agency now, I get, I get it was a trade, but it didn't still be the offseason. Is this the offseason where they really reclaim the, the tone? They, they, they say like, where are the Yankees again? And they start acting like the Yankees. If so, yeah, then I mean, there, there's a lot to look forward to for 2024. And, and I, I think, think I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Like we were all alarmed when Brian Cashman said like, all the weird and wacky and unhinged stuff that he said a couple weeks ago. I was way more interested in the shit that Hal was saying because he's not his father and that's okay. But like he did say like shit, like a winning record isn't to be commended. It's a requirement. Like I don't think that he's lying or that he's being disingenuous when he says shit like that. I think I mean, he grew up as his father's son. Like, I think he still means that shit. And I think maybe as, you know, it's been a handful of years of him being in charge. Like, Dickies have never been like this for an extended stretch. You have to figure it out, right? He's in charge now. You have to figure it out. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And I think finally maybe he arrived at a point where he was just like, Whatever we're doing is not working. The shit needs to change. And you can go down to Brian Cashman's office, say whatever the fuck you want. Like, they got the best hitter on the market beginning of free agency. And there's so much more time to improve the team, um, you know, before spring training. So Yankees fans, I like the Verdugo trade. Trent Gresham's a fine defensive outfielder. The outfield is so much better than it was at the end of last season. And... We got one Soto, man. That's so fucking cool. Like, it just, that's so gotta, fucking cool. Yeah, I, I'm gonna try my best to just stifle down the 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 lingering voices, uh, you know, the, the thoughts in my head saying like, well, what happens if he opts out? What happens if he walks after next season? Like, that may be true, but I don't want to fucking hear that. Like, those those evils are being whispered in my ear hourly right now in the wake of the trade, and I gotta just push that down. I don't just care. Right, right? Like, we have Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. In the same lineup, whatever happens in the future, worry about that down the road. So I think it's a perfect spot to eighty homers. Well, uh, we'll we'll call things here again for the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm G. G. (laughs) He's G. I'm Andrew. I don't even think we're gonna cut that out. I think we'll keep that in. It's it's about one. It's about one a.m. right now. So like I'm running on fumes. Bronx Bomber Battle podcast sponsored by Six Pack Coverage. The New York Yankees have acquired one soda. <laughs>